The playoffs are here. Our picks for Wild Card Weekend, all six games, and another coach out. Do they already have David Coley's replacement figured out in Houston? All that coming up right now. You're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show. It's here. The playoffs have begun for the 2021 season. Uh, well, they will begin Saturday. Matt and I are going to break all of these games down. Raiders, Bengals, Patriots, Bills from Saturday. Getting into the three Sunday games and Monday Night Football with Cardinals and Rams finishing up wild card weekend. Brian Peacock and Matt Williamson here with you at BD Peacock at Williamson NFL. Before we get, though, to those playoff games, Matt, throwing a wrench in our schedule is another coach firing, one that I didn't see coming this soon for David Coley. I did not think David Coley would last a long time in Houston, but I thought he was the perfect guy for what was going on now, and I thought this is something that might happen next year. You write the ship. Maybe you can attract um, one of your top head coaching candidates, because let's be honest, when, when David Coley was hired, Matt, last year, the the Houston Texans couldn't go pick whatever coach they wanted to. They had to settle in some ways for David Cooley. But I thought he did a respectable job for the the Houston Texans in really a no-win situation and really uh, helped stop the bleeding there in Houston and get them going in the right direction, which I think was successful for them this year. Yeah, I mean, I really don't think he did anything wrong. I mean, that, that team overachieved considering the roster it had. I mean really about as bad of a roster as we've seen for opening day football. And they got better as the year went on. He developed a young quarterback, despite, you know, um, a lot of things going wrong around the young quarterback, you know, like look at Jacksonville. I mean, their quarterback struggled and you can blame the the people around them, but there wasn't that excuse for the, for the Texans. I thought he did a very good job. I mean, some upset wins that we didn't see coming, but I don't know this as a fact and nobody's told me this, but I'm getting the impression that they didn't think a guy like Flores would be on the market. So mm-hmm. they're going to move quick and grab the guy that Miami turned their back on, which I frankly, with all respect to Cully, I'm all for, I think that's an upgrade. And if you can grab a guy like Flores, who I think is a really good coach. Let's go. Yeah, I think that has to have a lot to do with it because it would have seemed perfect for them to go one more year with Coley, continue developing their quarterback, make some coaching quarterback decisions after they see one more of this thing and get things in a much better place for them uh, with the roster and attract a certain coach. But with the Flores hiring, the obvious connection there with Brian Flores being assistant, uh, with Nick Casario being in the right, New England right, Patriots right. front office, that all makes a lot of sense. Maybe they didn't expect someone like Flores would be available that they could get this offseason. So maybe that changed their plans a little bit quicker. And and that starts to make sense. And, and that would be uh, probably a fantastic hire there for the Houston Texans. One note I saw today, which was very surprising, this from Aaron Reese, who is, um, he covers the Texans for The Athletic. He said Nick Casario, the Houston Texans GM, was part of David Coley's practices and was on the headset advising Coley on game management during the games on Sundays. Oh. He said it'll be interesting to see if any of that changes with a new head coach. And that surprised the heck out of me. But this, he went on to say on Twitter, surprised me even more. He said Casario was also on the headset in New England. 
I find that hard to believe that Bill Belichick's allowing anybody to be on his headset. Um, and I don't know if he's talking about, okay, here's what the fourth down data says. Uh, here's what, you know, what's coming up here, you know, during a commercial break, TV timeout. Hey, uh, this is the timing of the game. This is what we should do. We should uh, go for two if you score here. You know, maybe maybe those are the types of things and, and the information he's giving in a headset. But I was really even more shocked to hear he was on the headset in New England. He said in Houston it was Casario. Romeo Cornell and Coley on the headset together. Wow. So anyways, and actually he said that uh, Coley admitted that Casario told him to let New England score at the end of that game and it didn't compute for Coley. So I wonder if maybe there was some, you know, maybe there was more to it than just, oh, look, we can go get Brian Flores. So let's fire Coley because mm-hmm. we think that's an upgraded head coach. We didn't think he's going to be available. Maybe there's even more to some of this. Maybe. And it's interesting. I didn't hear any of that headset information until you just said it now. And I originally thought, oh, no, he's going to be a meddling GM. You know, what's he doing there? Is he's overstepping his bounds, get, you know, out of his lane. But then when I heard it happened in New England, too, I took it the opposite way you did. Right. I thought, well, maybe he just has a defined role. He is just the analytic guy. You know, that every, you know, 10 times a game, he chirps in with one little sentence, and that's it. Because Belichick's not going to have him yapping the whole right. time and telling yeah. him what to do. Hey, Bill, I think we should run a fire zone here. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Shush, you're out. You know, right. Uh, anyway, so that's that's very interesting. Uh, David Coley out in Houston. Nick Casario in a statement, you know, thank David Coley. David Coley was pretty thankful for his opportunity, uh, which, you know. Great opportunity for Like him. we said, you know, he wouldn't have got probably, and who knows if he would have ever been a head coach or if he ever will again, but I think he's better off now having had this opportunity and proven that he could hang um, and especially the ability to be like, you know, okay, I've got this experience of being a head coach and I can be an assistant head coach for just about any team anywhere and have this great resume and, you know, get paid more than I ever did before because of this opportunity. And by the way, speaking of pay, as uh, John Hickman, one of the co-hosts of Locked on Texans put it yesterday, he said, um, not a bad deal. One of the richest scapegoats to ever scapegoat. He's going to walk away with $22 million from this one season because of guaranteed really? money in his contract. So don't feel too bad for David Cole, even though he somewhat got the raw end of, of this firing. I just said, boy, what, what, it was a good opportunity for him. Because, again, he probably wouldn't have gotten another of the 32 jobs. More than proved himself. I mean, he's more marketable now than he was one year ago. And it sounds like he's a lot richer too. <laughs> yeah, so now, yeah, don't I, I? I started feeling a lot less bad for David Coley than when yeah. I originally heard that story. Once I I realized that part of it, but uh, yeah, Nick Casario said their search will begin immediately, and I wonder if that'll happen quickly and end uh, nearly immediately. And Brian Flores is indeed the guy, as most of these you know er, uh, arrows and, and rumors are pointing to. Yeah, and. I'm sitting here thinking about the fit and, you know, you first overall pick or, you know, early pick could be one of those defensive ends. That's kind of your Jalen Phillips. And, you know, that defense could come into round into shape pretty quick, you know, with a little bit more corner help probably. Um, I wonder if he would be into Mills or not. Didn't sound like he was into Tua. Well, yeah, how we'll about see. this though, Matt? So there was that, uh, the rumor of the potential trade of Deshaun Watson to Miami. What if Tua gets traded what back if- to Brian Flores in Houston with the Texans? Wow. I wonder <laughs> if if I'm Coach Flores right now and any of these rumors are true, I'm calling Deshaun and being like, how about me and you? Let's do this thing. Yeah, hey, just like, stay here, dude. Maybe this isn't all going to work out like you thought. How about we just go make this franchise 
the best we possibly can. And uh, and we forget about some of this other stuff because obviously right now Deshaun Watson's leverage is much different than it was last year at this time when he wanted out of Houston. Yeah, wow. That could absolutely happen. I mean, assuming the legal stuff goes away or gets cleared or whatever. But I, I, if I was Flores, that would be my first call. Absolutely. Great point. Okay. And by the way, Deshaun Watson's got kind of a friendly contract for the the type of player he is. That's not a bad situation for the Houston Texans. You could build around him. Uh, I wonder if if maybe Brian Flores could somehow talk him back out of it because it sounds like Deshaun Watson was cool with going to play for Brian Flores in Miami. Right. And it sounds like Flores was the one that was really driving that ship. It wasn't the GM or owner who were two of fans. I like that. I think we're on to something there. Yeah, there's some there's some smoke generating okay. there. I, okay. I like that. Um, side note, and these are educated predictions, but I think Flores will end up in Houston. I think Dan Quinn will end up in Denver, mm. and I think Harbaugh might go to the Bears. I like Harbaugh Fangio to the Bears. I like yeah. that. Uh, I, I also like it for the Raiders. Either one of those mm-hmm. makes a ton of sense for Harbaugh. But um, and Brian Dable's out there. I just think Brian Dable's such a good fit for the Bears because I think you know it just projecting yeah. what he could possibly do for a, another young quarterback in Justin Fields, like he did for Josh Allen. I think there's a, there's a big allure there. If I'm the Bears, those are the first two calls I'm making. You're probably not even interviewing Harbaugh. You're just calling him on the phone. Can this happen? No. Okay, let's call Brian Dable. Yeah, I also think Dable would be great in Miami. You know, familiarity with the division. Um, and go groom Tua. Not a bad fit there. Not a bad fit at all. We'll see how these, uh, some of these coaches, are, a lot of these coaches that are candidates are on good teams and they're still coaching in the playoffs. So let's get to those playoff matchups, right. preview, and picks next. Don't just take our word for it when it comes to these games and playoff predictions. You can find expert advice, the best NFL tips, news, and more at OnlineGambling.com. And we want to thank them for sponsoring today's podcast. If you don't already know, OnlineGambling.com is a website dedicated to giving betters the edge. The experts at OnlineGambling.com have set me a challenge of putting my own knowledge to the test and coming up with my early Super Bowl predictions to see how much of an expert I really am. I think it's easy. The best odds out there are for the Green Bay Packers. They've got the path. They've got home field at Lambeau to go win this thing and go win Super Bowl 56. But I think playing the odds, the best bets out there personally, for underdogs to go win the Super Bowl, maybe somewhat of a surprise, are the 49ers in the Cincinnati Bengals. So those are my sleeper picks. We'll be keeping a close eye on those predictions, and you can find Online Gambling's own picks in the OG Tips article on their website. So make sure to visit OnlineGambling.com NFL for all the latest gambling news, tips, and info to beat the odds and give you the edge throughout the playoffs. Remember, onlinegambling.com slash NFL to make the most of this year's playoffs. An incredible app that anyone who buys gas needs to know about. Get Upside. Our listeners are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Super easy. Just download the free Get Upside app in the App Store or Google Play right now and use promo code TOUCHDOWN. And guess what? You can get an extra 25 cents per gallon bonus on your first fill up so that's 50 cents cash back on your first tank don't pay full price at the pump anymore get the free get upside app promo code touchdown for 50 cents cash back on your first 
tank. Some people who drive a lot are making two, $300 a month in cash back, and there's no catch. The cash gets put right into your bank account. Super easy. Uh, you can put it in your bank account. You can put it in PayPal. You can buy e-gift cards with it. Whatever you want. There's no catch at all. You open up the app. You find the gas station you want to go to. You claim your cash back, and you go get gas. Just download the free Get Upside app. Use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. That's promo code TOUCHDOWN. Saturday, Sunday, Monday, playoff action, Matt. We've got six games, the first of which will be Saturday afternoon. The Las Vegas Raiders traveling to Cincinnati to face the AFC North champion, Cincinnati Bengals. Bengals favored by five and a half. As everyone knows, in Vegas and Oakland and the black hole, I've been selling the Raiders short pretty much since the beginning of the season. And every step of the way, I keep saying that this will be their undoing. They can't overcome this hardship, and they keep doing it and proving me wrong. So I have great respect for the Raiders' accomplishments. But I'm going to do it again. This is the end of the road. Uh, I think the rest factor for the Bengals at home with the Raiders coming on the shortest week you possibly can after a grueling five-quarter battle. Not the deepest team to begin with. Burroughs rested. I think the Bengals handle business here and have a lot of success through the through the air as well as on the ground. If the Raiders win it, I think it's a Max Crosby, the Dockway, you know, MVP sharing type of situation where they just beat the crap out of Burrow, and I could see that. I also could see Josh Jacobs having a real nice day on the ground and healthy Waller causes problems. But I'm going to lay the points at home here with Cincy. The Raiders are a tough team because I just don't think they can (laughs) score with the Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah. Uh, They put up 32 points on the Chargers in overtime uh, last week. But before that, it was, you know, 20, 13, 14, 9 points, 15 points, uh, 13 points. And they've already lost to those Cincinnati Bengals 32-13. I just think the Bengals have more firepower. I like the way the Bengals are playing right now. Uh, You could talk me into taking the points at five and a half but straight up you've got to go with the Bengals advancing here they're just playing better football and you're right now that we've both picked the Bengals, i think it's almost a, a lock that the raiders are going to go win this game right but I, yep. I just feel like for the raiders they've done so much and good job and applaud them rich Passaccia. did i see that rich Passaccia is the first ever interim head coach to make the playoffs i heard that too i almost brought it up and i wasn't a hundred percent i can't believe that's that true, true but but yeah like that would make sense bad situations right that's pretty amazing, and you almost it feel is. like that Week 18 game was their Super Bowl, and I wouldn't be shocked for a letdown right. short week here against Cincinnati, so you, you got to take the Bengals. Yeah, I mean, Burrow's going to be in better condition after sitting for a week, Higgins, all those guys. Um, it Amazing that the Bengals have come this far this fast, but they're hosting a playoff game. They're favored by five and a half over a quality opponent, and we're taking them, you know? Absolutely. Here's a good one. Round three, Patriots bills this one saturday night the buffalo bills at home hosting the patriots they're favored by four and a half points i have one huge key in this game and it is a single digit key it is five degrees is what it's supposed to be uh, in buffalo saturday night uh and by the way feels like negative two 
with a high of 10 degrees that day. So it's going to be cold. And to me, that is such an advantage for Josh Allen and the Bills versus Mac Jones and the Patriots. Not only a rookie quarterback, but he's you know played well beyond his years, I think, as a rookie. But we saw some of that with his arm and what the cold weather might do. And that's why you want a Josh Allen in this type of weather in Buffalo in January that can push the ball through cold weather. I don't know how windy it's going to be, but the one game I will say that the Patriots beat the Bills this year Mac Jones attempted three passes and completed right, two right. of them, and only one of those passes was completed beyond the line of scrimmage. So maybe Mac Jones doesn't have to do all that much. I'm with you. I mean, uh, the big key to that one, though, is if you remember Damian Harris broke off like a 60-yard run mm-hmm. early in the game, and then that was enough to just, you know, to win that that unbelievable weather game. I'm sure wind will be a factor. It doesn't sound like it's going to be anything like that, of course, but it's always going to be windy there. Um, I think the I, I think people have, have been saying it all week. I mean, I, I put money down on the Bills to win the whole thing at plus seven fifty this week, and uh, they're my hot team. I picked them yesterday. I don't think they love their opponent. You know, common opponent. Belichick knows everything about you. I think that's definitely the Patriots' calling card here. Is it, it's definitely a Belichick game, but I like that the Bills have really created a running game all of a sudden. I think that's something to write home about. And, you know, I think the Patriots will keep them in heavier defensive personnel, which the Bills don't want to do. They want to be in in nickel. But I just think they're way more talented, and it favors Allen much more than Mac Jones. I'm with you, and I think the Bills figured some things out as the season went along, and, and played mm-hmm. the, Bill, the Patriots much differently in their second matchup, and uh, and really started to use Devin Singletary. He broke out as yeah. as a, a true, you know, bell cow running back, every down guy, yeah, sort of at the end of the year, which is surprising, and they needed that, I think, to help out Josh Allen. So we'll see. Uh, Bart Scott recommended to Josh Allen that he take Viagra in that five degree weather to get more blood to his extremities. Talking about his toes and fingers. Because um, okay. <laughs> Josh Allen, I I, uh, <laughs> apparently that's a, you know what else I've noticed recently. And I, once I saw it, I can't unsee it now, especially with like all the camera work and, and where cameras are and high def and in guys face all game long, especially at the beginning of football games. Watch how many players are just just cranking back smelling salts. Oh, I have noticed that. All that like yeah. just like, oh, way more than I expected. Now I can't unsee it. And I keep looking for it. And as soon as the game starts, you see guys all jacked out of their mind. You're like, oh yeah, they just put their hand up to their face. They're sm- they're sniffing smelling salts to get so Viagra, smelling salts, whatever you could do, Toradol, a lot of that going on uh, in the NFL. I think in January. One thing I've heard was back in the day, like seventies, <clears throat> even eighties. You know those red, like, Sudafed tablets? You know, the tiny ones that you yeah. take to open your sinuses? I guess in, like, hockey locker rooms, there used to be a bowl of them, and people would go by and get a handful and just scoop them up before the game, you know? Oh, yeah, because it gets you – it's basically the, the old crosstops in Major League Baseball, right? For a long, grueling okay. season, guys would be taking these uppers to get them going, uh, you know, for when you were playing seven or ten days in a row uh, in, a base, in baseball. So, uh, yeah. I think there's a lot of that going on, especially in. I think it's more regulated now, but yeah. It, right, right, right. You need a little help, you can find it. I think they make meth out of those Sudafed. I think too. these. <laughs> 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 you know. Uh, all right. 
the in methel. Where are we at? We both have the Bengals so, yeah. and Bills. Correct? No, no upsets for us yet so far. Give me the uh, Buffalo yeah. Bills here, and I'll I'll give away the points for the Bills as well. I like the I like the Bills to make a little bit of a of a run here in January. They can stop the run, run the ball better. I think they can control this game better than they did in that first meeting against the Patriots. I agree. I okay, agree. early game Sunday, and then we'll finish up the last three games in the final segment. Eagles at Buccaneers. On paper, this is a blowout for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but they're limping into the playoffs. The Eagles coming in somewhat hot here. Uh, eight and a half points is what you've got to give up for the Buccaneers at home. This is the two seed and the seven seed in the NFC. I'm going to take the points here. And based on, I think, both these lines for the Eagles, especially their offensive line, should win their battles. I think they'll hit Brady a fair amount. I think they'll have success on the ground. I love their offensive line. I think that Brady will probably have a tough time creating big plays, and I think Slay will be on Evans a lot, and that doesn't leave a lot for you. It sounds like Fournette will play. If he does, and maybe if he doesn't, I'm I'm going to bet overs on Brady completions, uh, Fournette catches. I just think he nickels and dimes down the field against Philly's linebackers. You know, death by a thousand paper cuts over and over and over. Short throw, first down, short throw, first down. Monotony. And he doesn't care one bit. But I also think in the end, those styles of play, lots of running, lots of short completions, will keep this clock running, and neither team will run uh, an exorbitant amount of plays. So you're going to give me over seven I'll take the points. Okay. I, I see how you laid that out, and it starts to make a little bit of sense. I actually think it might go the other direction, though, but I do like where your head's at with that, with the clock running and just keeping the total down, which keeps it Low more difficult under. for the Buccaneers to to blow them out. Uh, I, I do see. I think this one is actually going to be a blowout here, so I'm going to give up the 8.5 points. I'm going to take another favorite. Uh, I do have some some upsets coming in the next one, but I, I'm going with the favorite here with uh, with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to win by a lot and for Tom Brady to just breeze through the first round. And I, to be honest with you, at this point, I don't think it matters who he's throwing to anymore. Cyril it Grayson, might not in a game yeah, like, like this. Yeah, well, it, Very it's, vanilla coverages. Right. Their linebackers aren't great. I mean, that part might not matter this round. But if it is an upset, you know, Darius Slay may be following – Mike Evans Evans, around and both lines doing work for the Philadelphia Eagles running the ball a lot, keeping it out of Tom Brady's hands. That's the recipe if they can pull it off. Yes, hundred percent. And I just think they can keep it closer physical team. You know, we'll see this could be a blowout. I mean, the, the Eagles, the Steelers, the Raiders to me really aren't playoff caliber teams. Next we've got 49ers, Cowboys, Steelers, Chiefs Sunday and We'll preview Monday Night Football, which is an NFC West matchup. A, a, another th- part three in a in a series here. This is the Cardinals at Rams next. Bet Online would like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue the march into the playoffs and beyond. Bet Online remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action in 2022. New year and a new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code Locked On to get started and receive that welcome bonus not only football we've got pro and college basketball hockey boxing ufc right to your favorite vegas casino games don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers at bet online the fastest and easiest way to wager on all of your favorite sports so many great games this weekend to bet on 
Find that action at Bet Online, where the game starts. How's everyone's New Year's resolutions going into week two of the new year? Well, if you put Built Bar in your plan, it's probably going a lot better if yours is about getting fit or eating healthier. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Built Bar makes it easier to stick to those resolutions because it tastes good and you'll want to eat it. You don't get the chalky, waxy flavor of some protein bars out there and and when you want to eat healthy sometimes it gets so boring and by week three of the new year you might be thinking you know what it's not worth it where's the chocolate well guess what built bars are wrapped in 100 real chocolate most built bars contain only 130 calories compare that to 250 calories in most candy bars. There's 30 grams of sugar in a candy bar. How about only 4 grams of sugar and 4 grams of net carbs in most built bars with 17 grams of protein to keep you satisfied and keep you going. So go to built.com, use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off of your order of tons of amazing flavors or a mixed box if you're not sure what flavor you want. That is promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. Okay. Both of our teams got into the playoffs here, Matt. So this is fun for us uh, locally for the teams we cover as well on this show. I have a feeling the 49ers have a better opportunity to be playing further into January than those Steelers. Let's start with the Niners who have the afternoon game, 1.30 Pacific, 4.30 Eastern start time. Niners at Cowboys, a long storied history between these teams in the playoffs. So everyone's really geeked out about this in the Bay Area and the Dallas Cowboys at home are favored by three, which means Vegas is telling us at a neutral site, this is a pick'em game, which is somewhat shocking actually for uh, a three versus six seed, right? It is. And, you know, we did our, our draft the other day of, you know, who's going to, we, we, you know, who's, who might win the Super Bowl. And I really do think Dallas's best day is better than probably any team we're going to talk about today. And I think that's capable that San Francisco might walk into a buzzsaw when Dak is hot and the pass rush is flying and they have a good good run game. But cup of mud, Adam and Eve on a raft, I'm picking the Niners to win this thing straight out. Uh, the upset's special. And here's my reasoning is I just think the Niners' style of play travels. You know, that they're going to run on anyone and the, the Cowboys' defense is so fast and aggressive and geared on taking the ball away and young. I just think Shani's going to toy with them with play action and, you know, little misdirections and blocking angles. And all of a sudden he hits Ayuk over the top whenever they're Mm -hmm. starting to cheat up. And I think this defense, despite all its talent is a bad fast flowing defense matchup for your Niners. The the further I dig into these teams statistically, I really think, and styles make fights, the 49ers right. come out on top in a lot of ways. Uh, being able to run the ball on the Cowboys is huge. The Cowboys gave up more yards after the catch than any uh, defense in the league, and the 49ers are the best at getting yards after the catch than any offense in the league. Um, the 49ers, if they are able to run the ball, if they are able to stop the run and make Dak Prescott and that offense one-dimensional, that 
is is that is the recipe for the 49ers has been all year Ben don't break yards are okay they'll rally the football make tackles you know turn touchdown drives into field goal drives and that's fine for the 49ers then hog the ball on offense and those things all point to the 49ers one thing I will say though that worries me here is Jimmy G which Jimmy shows up you can't get in a 17 nothing hole like you did last week and throw two interceptions to the other team Dak Prescott's not going to make as many mistakes and, and maybe might not make quite as many big throws as Stafford but you can't expect to get two picks coming back the other way either so this is going to be one of those that's tight maybe a ball bouncing a certain way a turnover is the difference here does good Jimmy show up a super efficient Jimmy show up then the 49ers absolutely can go win this game but it worries me how many people are picking the upset 49ers here uh, that that does make me nervous uh, there's too many people picking the Niners which makes me feel like the the, the Cowboys are gonna go in there and blow them out or something um but I will take the points here, and I will take the upset, and I'll take those 49ers to advance. But the Cowboys, to me, are a lot like the Bills in the AFC, where when they put it all together, they're scary, and they could be playing in February. But I wouldn't be shocked if they lose any week either, because they haven't put it all together often enough for me. And to be honest, when you look at the Cowboys' record, they beat up on the NFC East, too. And, and since week eight, the 49ers actually have the best record in the NFC. Wow. I didn't know that. Um it seems like everyone is picking the Niners all of a sudden, which I don't love that feel, but boy, I think this is going to be the most watched game, the maybe the best game of the weekend. And I just don't think Dallas is the perfect matchup for them. I think Dak will be under a lot of pressure too. And you mentioned that the Niners corners are in a better spot than they've been for yeah. a while. Um, it, my logic was, I think it's a, a coin flip game. And if I'm going to get money on the money line, I put a couple bucks on the Niners early in the week. I, I agree. I kind of think the money line bet's the best for the 49ers. If you think they're going to win, you can think they, you know, th- then you might as well get that extra bump. Yeah, that was my thought process. I got it at one plus 140, I think it was. How are we feeling about your Pittsburgh Steelers, Matt, that uh, snuck into the playoffs and are that seven seed? They're traveling to Kansas City to face the Chiefs, who are favored by 12 and a half. Yeah, and the Chiefs destroyed them in Week 16. Destroyed them. However, and I think this is black and gold mania, you know, you know, pouring through my veins. I'm getting more and more optimistic that the Steelers don't get embarrassed as the week goes on, which scares me because they're a pretty bad team, and the Chiefs are lethal and just destroyed the Steelers. But I went back and rewatched that Chiefs game, and we had Merrill Hodge on a pregame show last night, and he said the exact same thing, that when the Steelers played the Chiefs in Week 16, the self-inflicted errors and things that the Chiefs didn't put on them, you know, blown coverages, missed assignments, things like that, was at an all-time high for the Steelers, that they made it way too easy for the Chiefs. And Merrill thought the exact same thing after studying the All-22. And I think they'll just do those type of things better. Steelers also didn't have Fryermuth. Um, I very much believe that Juju Smith-Schuster is going to play in this game, which is a nice shot in the arm. I mean, go from Ray-Ray McLeod to Juju Smith-Schuster. And T.J. Watt was playing with broken ribs and was a non-factor the first time these teams played. And he gets Wiley. They're only really bad offensive linemen. So I think things set up for the Steelers a lot better. That being said, Travis Kelsey didn't play in the first game. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's not like the Chiefs were totally, you know, hitting on old, all cylinders either. If Let me put it this way, though. If I'm the Steelers, I would say, okay, you get Kelsey, but we get Watt 100%. 
and I like that yeah, better right, than, right, right. than neither, having neither of them. And, and from what I've seen from from Tyreek, I don't think his heel is close to 100%. Yep. I mean, he really was hobbling, and none of the practice reports are super favorable. So I think he's going to be more of a decoy, which allows you to bracket Kelsey a little more, and I'm sure that they'll make them you know, sustain long drives, which Mahomes is doing great now. So don't, I'm not calling for an upset special or anything. I just think the Steelers have nothing to lose. You know, I mean, they're playing with house money. If you're going to give Tomlin 12 and a half, 13 points, I think he's not going to embarrass himself and keep this thing close and that they will be a little crisper that are noticeably crisper than they were the first time around. So still a loss, but keeping it within 12 and a half. That's kind of the vibe I'm getting with this game for the Steelers. Definitely picking the, the Chiefs to advance here. How much of a difference does Juju make to the offense? Because he's good on the short stuff and Ben's only throwing short stuff, right? Right. That's exactly it. And he's physical, moves the chains. This seems like a small thing, but he's an exceptional blocker. They, you know, they're going to they, they actually use him almost like a use check at times where he can be the lead blocker here and there. Brings a lot of energy to the team. He's loved by his teammates, all those things. And, you know, he's, he's contracts up at the end of the year. I think he's a shot in the arm that they need. And then the other thing I've been saying all week is, like I said, they're playing with house money. I would expect that, and trust me, I haven't been to practice or no one's told me this, but I bet they try a fake punt or a surprise on sides or something like that. Like, mm-hmm. you know, this – they got nothing to lose. Let's just shoot for the fences. And if you hit something like that, you're in the game. Last one here, Cardinals at Rams. NFC West style. They were battling for the division all year. The Rams ended up winning the division and have home field here, uh, favored by four points over the Arizona Cardinals. This is probably the toughest game for me to pick because I just don't know how these games are going to go with these teams because they've been all over the place all year long. But I kind of want to lean to the points and taking the Cardinals because the Rams, as good as they are, I just don't trust them to to bring their A game every week. And Matthew Stafford just throwing the ball to the other team too much. And Kyler Murray can go hero mode at any moment. And the Cardinals were the best team in the NFL for much of the season. So um, maybe sleeping on the Cardinals a little bit, some folks are. So give me those Arizona Cardinals. I thought the same thing. Is This is the game I feel the least strong about. It's the one that I've looked into the small matchups the least, and I will over the weekend. So I don't feel super confident to me, and it's really a stay away and probably just a Monday night, kick your feet up with a cold one and enjoy it type of game. But it still shocks me. I'm looking at the Cardinals plus four. If you're going to give me three or more in a game like this, I'm taking it. I I just want the points in this game because I think this is a pretty even battle. And we may even see J.J. Watt in this game. Yeah, J.J. Watt um, is... It's looking like DeAndre Hopkins, though. They were hoping to get him back for the playoffs. DeAndre Hopkins won't play this week, but uh, maybe I heard JJ NFC Watt. Championship is what they're shooting okay, for if, okay. if they're still alive. Yeah. But to be honest with you, they've they've put up a lot. I mean, I think DeAndre Hopkins has been pretty important for them, but they've Very. they've found some you know some pass catchers there, and you know Zach Ertz working in, and they 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 can move the ball. They've got enough weapons mm-hmm. on offense, even without DeAndre Hopkins. Can they get there long enough to where DeAndre Hopkins comes back? We'll see. But yeah, I, I'm with you. It's just there's so much unknown in this game that give me the points. That's the easy answer. Yeah, right. Uh, that's the easy answer, and I'm, I'll gladly take four. You know, it's a, it's a big number. 
It's going to be fun. I'm pumped. Playoffs are here. Wild card weekend. Six really good games. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. I was going to say it'll be fun for me to kick my feet up on the sofa. I'm actually going to be on the slopes playing catch up on these games. Uh, I might actually uh-huh. uh, meet up with our fearless leader, David Locke, in Utah. I'm going to Park City, Utah. And uh, David's wow, on the slopes as often as possible when he's not calling Utah Jazz games and uh, I'll be skiing both days watching some of these games in the lodge going back with a with a hot cup of tea after a long day of skiing and watching these games in the evening too and playing catch up on some of these so it's going to be a lot of fun I was actually hoping the Niners game was going to be Monday night so I'd be back home to see that one but unfortunately I'm gonna have to uh, try to avoid talking to people on the slopes and catch that one after the fact but you know who knows maybe I'll be checking Twitter on the ski lift because I won't be able to avoid it but uh, that's gonna be my weekend it's (laughs) gonna be fun anyway an awesome weekend with a lot of activities for me so I can't wait and I can't wait to come back Monday Matt and break it all down with you I love it. Good stuff, man. Thanks, everybody, for making us your first listen right here on the Peacock and Williamson NFL show for your second listen. Don't forget to check out Matt Williamson on the Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast. I'm doing Locked On 49ers daily. If you want to get deeper into the sports betting conversation, check out your boy Q hosting Locked On Bets every day for free on all of your favorite podcast apps right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Matt and I back Monday to break down everything from Wild Card Weekend right here. Peacock and Williamson.